Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. There's been enough said that I wouldn't need to preach. But this word that I am preaching and sharing, when we get to the end of it, I believe that you will see how God does what God does. This is a message that back in, uh, before ladies' conference, it was one of those, you know, uh, you always ask the Lord, what do you want me to preach? What do you want, you know? And this was one of the possibilities of something that was stirring. But when I was going to preach this Sunday, and uh, it took me all week to do this, up till early this morning. But it's still, when I was doing it, I wept. I broke and I wept because I knew that it was a now word. That everything that God is saying and doing in this house today, the declarations, the freedom of the worship, the praise that was going forth, you're ready for this. We're ready for this. This is what God is saying. Because you know what? He's never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. Not one battle has he ever lost. Not one. But it looks like in our life sometimes and we say, what now? What's next? What now? But I just want to assure you that God has never lost a battle. Never. We're going to be reading this morning and I'm going to be paraphrasing because what I have is a lesson. What I have is a teaching. I may preach a little bit, but what I have is a teaching today. We're going to teach you a little bit out of the Word of God and I have just prayed that revelation will just get hold of you. It'll pop in your spirit. It'll be exactly what you need. You don't need a whole lot of explanation because you get it. You just have got it because of the presence of the Lord has brought it to you. But I'm going to read a few verses and then I'll paraphrase most of everything else during this chapter. But I would encourage you when you get time to go home and read John chapter 11 because it is packed. It is so packed full of the fact that God never loses a battle and that His time is perfect. His ways are perfect. We don't understand and we may say, why God and how are you going to when it looks like this? What now? There was a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is very sick. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness will not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister, and he loved Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Conflict. The name Lazarus, means the one who God helps. Isn't that something? His friend, Lazarus, the one who God helps, is sick. He's been summoned, and he stays where he's at. Well, the fact is, every one of us in this room, we've had a Lazarus in our life. We've had more than one Lazarus, but we have a Lazarus. And there may be one of those Lazarus in your life today that you haven't really confronted. It may be something from way back. It may be something that you're trying to hide. You put on your face, uh, your, your mask. Halloween is over. It's time to take them off. But underneath, there's something going on and you're hurting, but you're not willing to let God do what God needs to do in your life. Have you ever needed to help him to help you out of a mess that you got into or a mess that you today are trapped in and you don't think there's any way out of it. Well, God wants to show up at the tomb of every Lazarus situation this morning. He wants to do exactly everything 
everything that's been decreed. He wants to do exactly what you have asked him for. He wants to show up at your tomb, that place where Lazarus is. Martha was a good worker and, and she made sure that the family was household was well taken care of. And obviously her cooking was amazing because every time that Jesus went by, she cooked a really great meal for him. So she was known as the one that was taken care of. I would kind of think that maybe Martha has an A type personality. You know, she's the kind that can get something done and she'll tell you about it if it's not done right. And she'll just keep moving and whatever it takes to get it. And then there was Mary and Mary was a good listener. She liked to listen to Jesus talk. She took in information from other people. She was the one that you just like to be around and, and you could talk with her. She made it easy for you to talk. These were gifted women and so it was a pleasure when Jesus got to go by to their house. It was a pleasure for him to go and sit at the table. It was a pleasure for him to, to talk and marry to be so intent on his words that he said. Neither one one of these women had a wrong attribute because being a good cook was important and all the men would probably say yes and all the women that happen to have a good cook for a for a husband say that is absolutely wonderful and then it's really great if you've got a mate that can cook good and a good listener that's amazing you know that's a great combination but God is just showing us here through his word uh, the, the value of these two Jesus enjoyed their friendship and he would often stop by a couple miles out of Jerusalem and be refreshed when he was on his ministry travels. But here comes a time when they need his help. He isn't just going by their house to take a refreshment. He's two miles away. He's a, you know, he's a little bit far, but not very far at all. He's not in their presence and they need help. And so they send out a messenger. And this was a family that Jesus loved very, very dearly. Lazarus and Mary and Martha. And so the sisters, probably Mary, sends a message to Jesus and says, Lord, the one that you love is sick. He's very busy. So though when she sends him out, she probably says he's busy. So be sure and tell him that the one that he loves so much, Lazarus, so he'll get here really quickly. If you tell him it's Lazarus, if you tell him how important it is, he'll get here real quickly. And so this is what she was, this is what she was thinking in her mind. This is what she was expecting. And just as we like to call out the Lord, we expect him to help us and we want him to help us today. Everything up to this time made sense until although Jesus loved them, he stays where he's at for two more days. He didn't come when they wanted him to come. And enough time passed that not only was Lazarus sick, but he died and he was buried. And this was the one that Jesus loved. May today, I pray today that our hearts are going to call forth the kind of faith that makes a difference. May I say that again? May our hearts today call forth out of the innermost being the words of the Lord and the kind of faith that makes a difference in our lives. What is the love language that God wants for, from us? What is it that He wants you and I to do? We know there's five natural love languages that are talked about a lot. Words of affirmation quality time, receiving gifts. Some love to receive gifts. The acts of service and touch. Those are natural love languages that human beings need. But when we look through the Word of God and we begin to see that it's really evidence that the word language or the love language that God Almighty needs, that Jesus needs is that trust is what pleases Him. More than the cross that we would wear around our neck. More than the church attendance, which he's happy because if you come to worship him, you're pleasing him, you're trusting him, you're rejoicing in him like you did this morning. We sometimes equate love with comfort, but God sees our love in him 
through our trust that we have for Him, not how comfort we are, comfortable we are, but how much we trust Him anyway. Because if we don't study and we don't give heed to the Scriptures, we will think in human definitions of love. And we will think it's the same as divine love, but it is not. It's different. Can you imagine how hard it was for the disciples to try to explain to those that come around Jesus' actions when they themselves couldn't understand what he was talking about? Happened so many times through the Word of God. Why didn't Jesus move immediately? He loved them, but he stayed away. Because his job is outcome. My job is process. I go through the process. The longer we think we can control our outcomes, the more frustrated our experiences in this journey of faith. When we can't get to that place where we love, trust Him, where we're giving Him what faith is, I trust you, even though I can't see it, even though I can't feel you right now, I trust you. This passage of Scripture shows that faith is not a form of manipulation by which we can get God to come just because of our schedule when we need it on the now. And church, this is grown-up maturity preaching today because so many, see, the enemy wants to come in and tell us that things are over, they're not working, whatever. And God says, I see the picture down here and if I can get you to trust me, you'll get excited about the process you're going through. And we whine and complain and gripe and get scared and afraid in the middle of the process. And God says, if you will trust me with the outcome and go through the process, you will see my glory. Faith is not a means of manipulation. Faith is that with a mystery. It's a mystery that says, what can God do with this? Because I know my God can do anything. But all of us has had times in our life when it seems that God is not doing anything for us. Have you ever said, God's not really doing anything for me? Even though we've seen it in the Word, I can look around and I see where other people are getting healed. I can see where other people are getting blessed. And we go through, you know, we go through our little our little complaint list, our little thing, you know, I've treated you better, Lord, than they have. I've served you meals. I've worshiped at your feet and you're blessing them. And here I'm in the middle of my stuff and I'm getting nowhere. I thought, God, you just hear my prayer. Didn't you see? I cleaned my life up. I've changed some things. I'm trying really hard. God, I'm doing really, really good. And you're not listening to my prayers. You're not bringing forth what I've asked you for. God says, do you trust me? Can you go through the process? I'm going to skip a lot today because I got a lot. The love of God is not only proved in the times I thank Him for my blessings, but also in the times when I can't feel Him. I praise Him because He's God. I get excited because He is God. I can be excited like you all said well ago. Yeah, I, thank God for the declarations. Thank you for proclaiming the Word of God. Thank you for the prophetic words that's gone out. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen yet. And church, we need to remember that and we will not get discouraged because faith is the substance. Faith is the now. Faith is the trust that God can and will do what's right by us. <coughs> when Martha sent the message to Jesus, she couldn't text it or email and cut down the time. You know, it took a couple of days for the messenger to get there. Then the messenger to get back and say, Jesus didn't come. And, and then it was two days more before he came. And by then, you know, things had radically changed in their life. 
I mean, you're looking for something that you didn't get and the one that loved you didn't even bother to show up. How many times in our life have we prayed and the answer did not manifest? Not in the way or when we thought it should. Because He loved us. Not because He was busy, but because He loved us so much He did not come. Boy, now that's hard, isn't it? That's hard for our minds that He loves us. But He says, it's the process that will show you my faithfulness. You can have great faith and still be frustrated because sometimes what Jesus says is hard. (laughs) Humanly speaking, our love language would be quality time, would be presence. Jesus, if you love me, you would come. It's not enough that you're with me in spirit. I need someone to help lift this load off of me today. I need someone to help me. We can have great faith and wonder what's going on. We've all done that. What's going on? You watched elections the last few days and what's going on? Life has real situations. The sisters of Lazarus, like like us, often equate the circumstances of our life. We're looking at all the wrong places. When Jesus heard of About Lazarus, he said, this sickness will not end in death, but for the glory of God. We'll all be confused and wondered by that kind of answer or no answer that we've made over the Lazarus in our life. We've all had Lazarus. You may have one today. That landslide that we prayed didn't happen, did it, on Tuesday? What's going on? Mary told Jesus in verse 21, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now the word gives us insight of hindsight. Just a little lesson right here. And my brother Sue, you can amen on this one if I've got it right. It means I know why. See, John wrote the book of John because of the end of it. That's exactly what he did. He says in in John 20, verse 30 and 31. Now, this is at the end of the chapter. He says, the reason I wrote this book was that you may believe. The gospel of John, as as most of us know, reads differently than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Because they are the synoptic gospel, the sea gospel. In other words, you can kind of see as you go. Here, John just takes seven signs that Jesus did, seven statements that Jesus did, and organized it, not as it's happening, but after it happened, and after he had insight to the end. He didn't write it, And it happens. So he addresses Jesus as he has knowledge after he saw Jesus do all he could do. This is powerful. But we don't get to live our lives with knowing how every situation is going to end. Because Mary and Martha, who were mourning over the loss of their brother in chapter 11, they didn't read John chapter 12. They didn't have it yet. Especially when John didn't write the book of John until A.D. 85, and Jesus died in A.D. 32. So they didn't have all this information, but they had to live out chapter 11. And we have to learn how to live out chapter 11 of our lives. We have to learn how to have trust in the Lord God Almighty that He is going to show up, that His delay is not denial. 
but it's so that the glory of God can be revealed in our life because God it wants the testimony of where you've been to rock the world of somebody else that needs to know that God has not given up on them that he has something for them you know in the first uh, part of this chapter some of the translations have in parentheses where Mary was the one who washed the feet of Jesus. That's in parentheses. Some of the writers, they did that. And the reason that's there is because we're never supposed to put a period where God has put a parentheses. The story's not over yet. But if you can't see yourself worshiping in John 12, you won't have the strength to wait through chapter 11 of your life. See, God's looking for people all over this house today that are in chapter 11. But we're rejoicing, aren't we? We've made the declarations because see, God's God and we know he is. Our trust and our faith is in him. We are not moved because he has never lost a battle. Not one battle has he lost. So we're gonna remember, see, 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 we have something they didn't have. We have the word of God and we have all the stories and we have the word that we can look to and we can see throughout the New Testament. We don't even have to rely on the old, which is wonderful. It's great teaching and all, but we have in the New Testament, we see where the power of God has made moved in and changed life and brought resurrection power to those things were which dead. God wants to see us in John chapter 12. He wants to see us worshiping like you've been doing today. See yourself grateful. See yourself restored. See yourself better than you were in leaven. See yourself delivered. See yourself healed. See what God's going to use your testimony to bring Jesus into other lives because I have read the next chapter and it does not end in death. But for the glory of God today, this is the word of the Lord. Speak over your children that they shall worship the Lord. My grandsons will be a worshiper of the Lord. My children will worship the Lord. Every area of our life, we will worship the Lord. We need to begin to declare out of our life those things that we believe God for. That son that is rebellious, I thank you, Lord, that he will be a worshiper. He's going to worship you with all of his heart and with all of his mind. That daughter who's on drugs, she is going to worship the Lord. We begin to proclaim what the Word of God says, and it will run out that rebellion. It will run out that unbelief, and God will begin to put something in their heart and life as you begin to speak it, and you will see the glory of God revealed in your homes and your life, in your children and your grandchildren. Mm. All of a sudden, Jesus says, first of all, the world says, if you see it, you can, have, you can believe it. But God says, if you can believe it, you can see it. Isn't this something? That's pretty profound, isn't it? The world says, you, if you see it, you can believe it. And God is just opposite. He says, if you believe it, you can see it. If you believe that God can move on your child, you can see him with his hands raised and worshiping God and tears flowing down his face. Jesus had to break it down even for his disciples to understand that followed him because they were constantly confused by his motives. They doubted the outcome because they had not yet seen the cross. And even at the cross, most of them went home because they had not yet seen the resurrection. You and I have seen resurrection. We know without a fact, the whole Christianity is based on the fact that Jesus Christ
Christ came from heaven and he went, took on human form and he walked this earth and then he gave up his life for us and, uh, and, then, and died on the cross and then he went down into the lower earth and he stripped the enemy of the power that would keep us in darkness and no light and he came back. Resurrection is alive and well in our hearts and in our lives but they had not seen the cross and so they didn't understand yet but you and I if we will tap into what Jesus Christ did for us we will not walk around in fear there's a difference between fear and doubt fear is a spirit and it will drown you because I lived in fear it's sometimes I may doubt for a moment but doubting Thomas got things right he repented you can repent of doubt there's a difference in the two and so just because you've had some doubts don't let the enemy uh keep you in that bondage and just rebuke it and repent of it and go forth with God because he is resurrection power God is the God of the outcome Pastor Daryl and I are not we're not that we don't have that ability we sow we're sowers of the seed and we pray to the Lord of the harvest for your life because it's God who has the results. The seed represents the process that we all have to keep going through. The seed of the Word that is alive. The seed that will grow and bring manifestation of what God has said over our life. The words that Jesus spoke was a seed that was a manifestation to come. Jesus says in verse 7, let's go back to Judea. And it was a fact. And, that you know, and his disciples, they were like, you know what? It's kind of dangerous to go there, you know? But, but Jesus, you know, he says things like, there are 12 hours of daylight every day during the day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they are the light of the world. But at night, there is danger and stumbling because they have no light. And don't you know that? Yes, Jesus. Confusion. Oh boy, profound though. When we really understand what he's saying. I mean, he's prophesying to him right there. He's telling them a story. You get in it yourself because I can't take any more time. Oh, if only we had another hour. I'm only teasing. What they didn't know, they knew that the Jews were going wanted to stone Jesus. The disciples were well aware of that. They knew that part. But what they didn't know, that Jesus was not going to die until his assignment was finished. They didn't understand that. They didn't, they didn't have a revelation of that. He was going to die only at the moment when God was releasing him from his assignment on earth. They didn't know that. You don't know why you're going through what you're going through. But you're going to find out, I believe, that just as he said, this sickness, this situation is not unto death, but it's for the glory of God to be revealed. Makes no sense. And then he says, I'm going to go wake him up. They were just thinking with their heads symbolically. We would have too, probably. Well, if he's, if he's sleeping, then let him get well because that'll make it. Sleep is really good. You know, if you don't feel good, get some sleep. Everybody says, get some rest. If you don't feel good, everybody says, are you sleeping? Get some rest. You really need to get some rest. And it's like, Jesus, why are you going to go and, and wake up Lazarus when he's getting rest? That's going to make him well. That's a good thing that's happening. But they, their minds were not, they only saw the surface. But Jesus, finally, he just has to come out. Don't you love it when Jesus just comes out and he talks real plainly to you? He's saying to them, and he just was brutally honest, Lazarus is dead. Well, then it really makes sense to go, right? You waited too long, Jesus. Lazarus is dead. I mean, that thing's over. That You know, why are we going now? We see things on the surface. But Lazarus in your life can be a relationship. It can be a character flaw that could be fixed or should be fixed by now, you think. It could be a sickness 
could be a financial breakthrough that we those things that we proclaimed a while ago and many times we sat and we said come here Jesus come and see me come over here aren't you listening I'm over here I need you now come and fix me I know you can break these chains off of my life so that I can serve you right but whatever is going through on in your life right now it it's a process. And so go ahead and process your disappointment because however you do that, if you will to process if you will process your disappointment with the word of the God, Lord, it will determine what becomes faith or whether it will paralyze you by fear. We have to go through the process of our disappointment. We have to choose fear or we have to choose faith. And fear has got so many people paralyzed because they had a doubt that they didn't repent of and they allowed fear to come into their life, believing that nothing is ever gonna change. But the process says, if you will trust me, then I will get you to the end of your situation and the end is a good outcome when they sent the word to Jesus and he didn't come when they wanted to him to they had to make a decision didn't do what we wanted him to does he love me does he care the real truth is he loves me even when I don't get what I want I understand this love is not based or do I understand it do I understand that this love with Jesus is not based on what he did, but it's based on what he didn't do in this situation. Do I get a revelation of that? Because verse 15 says, for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe. So now let us go. We all need the Thomas faith around us. Okay, let us go also. We'll just die with him. At least he had the faith to go and I'll lay my life down. I'll just go with him. Okay, we'll just die with him. But Jesus says, let's wake him up. Let's go wake him up. The disciples had faith to follow Jesus anyway, even when they didn't understand. Are we disciples enough that we can follow him and go through the process even when we don't understand what in the world is going on other than there is a war in the heavenlies and we know that because of Jesus Christ and because of the angels of the Lord that we our answer is coming and going to get to us. Can we wait out the process can we fast can we pray can we praise can we shout shouts of victories the disciples had faith to follow Jesus maybe you had a dream that didn't play out the way you thought many are rejoicing in America today many are crushed do you and I still trust the master so we have to understand that Jesus still loved Mary he still loved Martha and he still loved Lazarus, the one he was to help, even though he was late. He showed up because of his love. But there was something about Jesus' character that they would not see if he had showed up at the sickbed. If Jesus came every time we prayed and we didn't see the process, we would, not, we would miss what was going to happen at the end. And it's so important that we understand that. God is doing something in your life right now in our church in our nation and nations around the world the nations around the world are on attention right now they're all standing at attention we've heard from different ones they were praying that things went differently than what they did they can say what they want to but I'm telling you nations that are Christian nations or even not totally Christian nations. They've been praying for the U.S. But God is going to show up and demonstrate his power. I don't know how he's, I don't know how he's going to do it, but in a way that he's never done it before. When Jesus showed up, at Lazarus had been in the tomb. It was significant to the Jewish people. They believed the first three days that the Spirit could return to a man. That was in the first century Judaism. That's what they believed. First three days. Oh, Jesus is so smart. And he's so good. If he showed up in those first three days, 
no big deal. The Spirit, yeah, he's called back the Spirit. But Jesus didn't. He come on the fourth day when it took a miracle. It took it so that others would know that it was for the glory of God to be revealed in their life. Because... Mary, Martha, and Lazarus had been preached through years and years and sermons after sermon. And God wanted to show his glory that he is never too late. Didn't turn out like you thought, but he still showed up. (laughs) Many Jews had come to comfort Mary and Martha. But there's only so much that they could do for her or for you and I when we're in the midst of our Struggles. People can be a gift to us, but they can't be our God. Because I need the master. I need the healer. Luke, I need the great I am. I need the breath of life because he feeds me. I need the light of heaven. I need Jesus in my life. Martha hears Jesus is coming and goes out to meet him. And she meets him at the gate. It's very significant. Meets him at the gate. If only she did come. She met him at the gate. If only you had come. She's just very real. She had an attitude. She's just real with it. She gets over her attitude before it's over. She grows. We all get attitudes, but you got to grow. We, you know, we do. We slip back into the attitude more than we want to admit. Just like that doubt that we can confess, you know. He doesn't want us perfect. He just wants us to have the right heart. She might have been thinking, if you, you come if I cook for you. You come if you need a bed. You come if you need a stopover. And all I wanted was you to come. I knew you would come if I sent a messenger and told you it was Lazarus. Because you know how we love to have you around here. You're our friend, Jesus. These were thoughts. She met him at the gate, not in the house this time. Notice he will only come as far as you let him in. Martha did show up at the gate. So he talks to her and deals with her individually. And before it's over with, she says, you are still Lord, even though you didn't do what I needed you to do. But I do understand that you're Lord. Church, get this message today. This is the kind of faith the pastor and I want to preach to you. So that when he doesn't show up, when you want him to, that you won't change your mind about who he is. Because we have too many people that change their mind when they can't manipulate God into getting what they want in the moment they think they wanted and needed. But he says, if you'll go through the process, you're going to see my glory be revealed in your lives. And the end can be better than anything that you ever thought that you needed or wanted. If you'd been here, my brother would still be here. I'm upset. Especially when she finds out he didn't come on purpose out here. Many say, if you'd showed up sooner, I wouldn't have been abused. If you'd showed up sooner, I would have been loved by my parents. If you'd shown up, shown up, showed up sooner, I wouldn't have been taken away and put in a foster home. If you showed up sooner, I wouldn't have lost my marriage. I wouldn't have lost my child. I wouldn't have had all those miscarriages. If you'd shown up sooner, I would have made the right choice. I wouldn't have had an abortion. If you'd showed up sooner, my dreams would come to pass. I know you can do miracles, but why didn't you show up? I've seen you heal others. But Jesus needs to know that we are, even though we're confused, He needs us to know the difference about His love conforming to our agenda. And while Martha was talking, something in the spiritual realm kicked in with her that day. And I pray that in your spirit today, something is unlodging and you are kicking and saying, God, I know, not only do I know, but I trust you. 
because she said in verse 22, but I know that even now, does anybody in the house know that even now, God is with me in this moment. In this season, God is for us now. God is more for the church of His church of the Lord Jesus Christ than He's ever been. He's for us now. The devil is going to try to keep us at the graveside. But it's time for us to realize he is sovereign in his word. Even now he is holy. Now he is good. Even now he's worthy. Even now he's showing up. Mary responds when Jesus told her that Lazarus would rise again. He said, I know he's going to rise in the resurrected. But then Jesus said, I am. I am the resurrection. I am the life. You keep trying to prove who I am by what I do. I want you to see who I am so I didn't come just because you wanted me to. But my love for you had a plan. I've always had a plan for you. I want you to see I'm a friend who sticks closer to your, than your brother Lazarus. Because the one who believes in me will never die, she says. He says, do you believe this? Martha, yes, I believe you are the Messiah. I believe even though I don't know what you're going to do. I believe even though life is hard right now. Even though you didn't do, you are still who you say you are. Even though Lazarus died, you still are. Even though... (laughs) that is over I still believe you are see God brings us to points in our lives to see what we will do with our disappointments Mm. she met him at the gate and confesses her faith in him even in the absence of her miracle that she so desperately wanted and needed. Did you notice that Mary didn't even get up and come? Mary was grieving her brother and she was confused and she was sad and probably a little bit angry. She probably felt like Mary, she just wasn't as vocal. She just listened. Remember, she was the listener. And so Mary, Martha goes back and says, Jesus wants to see you. Did you notice Jesus, if you read the word of God, you can read it in several different translations and you read, Jesus didn't come in, he stayed at the gate. Mary came to him. You can choose to keep him at the gate. But you have to understand that he's with us in our disappointments and pains. See, Jesus asked Mary, do you believe this? Martha, do you believe this? And he got an answer. And then he asked Mary for a location. He's asked some here today, do you believe this? And then there's those that he's saying, take me to where Lazarus is buried. He asks for a location. Not the place maybe that you want other people to see, but that place of rejection. That place where doubt planted a seed in your heart. That place of a betrayal and loss. Place of exhaustion, trying to figure it out yourself. That place of embarrassment. That tomb was going to smell when they opened it. But he said, take me to the place where Lazarus is at. Take me to the location. And some of you, he's calling you out today. And he said, there are things that you have buried. There are a Lazarus that I'm wanting to raise up. There's a Lazarus that I have been commissioned to heal because I love you. It's not a physical location. It's an emotional one. Let me come in. Take me where you laid him. Take me where you start managing the addiction rather than fight it. Take me to the place where you started going through emotions, swinging an axe with no blade, words that were empty with no faith. Take me to that place. What is your Lazarus? 
What are you going to do about it? Jesus went to the tomb struggling with his own personal emotions. And if you read the Word of God, there's so much debate over what he, what he was emotional about. But he had emotions. Some were saying he loves Jesus so much he's crying. Others were saying if he loved him so much, why didn't he come? He didn't respond to their opinions, but operated according to his purpose. Jesus went to a tomb And that tomb today, stand to your feet, represents nothing going in and nothing coming out. Boomer, you might want to come back up for the drums. Nothing going in and nothing coming out. Could that be our hearts? We're going to guard it because we're not going to stay behind the tomb, right? Jesus was about to raise the dead. He didn't need them to move the stone. He could have just flipped it or say stone moved. But he said, you remove the stone. He wanted them to move back that which was hiding a disgusting odor. Jesus, after they moved the stone, he looked up to heaven. He said, Father, thank you for hearing me. I know you always hear me, but I said it for them. That was John eleven forty one. I believe the Lord says, I sent you to the sea, through the sea, so you would believe. The Israelites, he led them through the sea so they would believe that he really could part waters, that he really could put dry ground. I sent you through trouble so you would believe at the end of it. You didn't know what the end of it, but you trusted me and you went ahead. You never gave up on me. You never did say, God, I don't believe that you're God. I don't believe that you aren't real. After Jesus prayed, he cried out, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come out. Dead things, come out. Dry bones, come out. Live again. And that's what he's saying today. All those things. we can. It's easier to worship and to praise on Sunday morning. But see, something happened today. God is imparting every Sunday in this church something fresh and something new. And what that means to us, if we will receive it, we get to keep going forward. We don't see the full picture, but we're trusting him. And as we trust him, he's going to reveal himself more and more and more. And you are going to see things happen like what's said prophetically quicker than you can even imagine that God could get it all together but the thing of it is he's getting you all together and setting you up for the miracle that only you barely got out of your mouth and barely in your heart could believe him for the three Hebrew children's they were challenged to worship the false god or be thrown in the fire They were faced with the decision, can God deliver us? Can your God deliver you? They said, I believe our God can. Yes, I trust that he can. But even if he don't, we're not going to bow down. We are not going to get into doubt and stay there, unrepented doubt, and get into fear and begin to spew things out of our mouth that's going to get us burned up. We're not going to do it. Jehoshaphat put the praisers and the worshipers out front. We might as well worship. Thank you for calling us to worship. Thank you for the praises and the worship that went forth. Isaiah 60, 22 says, At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. Now that's powerful. At the right time. Jesus came at the right time. He did not come late. He did not for one minute change how he felt about them. In fact, his love was so real. His love was so profound that he waited because he loved them. And he wanted them to see that what they 
the love that they have for him was real and was genuine even though they were a little bit upset their humanity we are human and God can deal with us he knows how to handle our frustrations but he doesn't want us to keep the gate closed and not let him come in but at least go to the gate at least go and talk to him and let the presence of God deal with your heart and be quick to repent because God has not been voted out or fired. <laughs> He's got a good plan. I know without a doubt in this house today, this message did something all across this building. There's a Lazarus that God wants to heal in your life. There's a Lazarus that needs to be dealt with. Because God wants to bring life, resurrection life into your situation, into your, into your life. God wants to bring it forth so that you can see his glory. All that you've been through is for the glory of God to be revealed. And you can't hide behind the mask of shame and pray that somebody's going to find out that they can't handle who you really are and what you have really done. I'm telling you what, if they can handle me, they can handle you. It doesn't really matter though. God can handle me and he can take my messes and make a message for someone else to to be able to eat out Alpha and give them encouragement, give them nourishment and say, if God can do it for Darlene Rhodes, he can do it for me. He can change my life. What is the Lazarus that you're embarrassed about? I had so many Lazarus that were stinking in the tomb until I got to the place where I would allow that tomb to be open, that I would deal with it and I would allow life to be called forth, resurrection life and power come into my life. It changed my life and it is changing lives around the world because I dared to take my mask off. I dared to be embarrassed by what the world might think, but I knew that Jesus could be trusted. See, your message will save lives. Your message will give hope. Whatever that Lazarus is this morning, Thank you for joining us today at At The Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at darlenesolidrock at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At The Table. You can also check us out at darlenerhodes.org. Also at wawministries.org. Thanks again for joining us at At The Table with Darlene.